I want to talk about hope this morning. I, I know a lot of you know, um, I, I joke. In fact, I'm starting to get uh, known where I go, wherever I go. People, what are you going to talk about? And, and everybody knows I only have one message, but I, I can speak on it for quite a long time. And, and so I am, going to, I am going to speak on my one message again this morning. And it, for those who've maybe never heard it, it's really simple. It's this. It's God is love. His love is always good. And we exist to grow sure that's the message that's the gospel message i'm convinced of it and and it really it's really makes life simple it makes walking with jesus simple because my only responsibility is to grow more sure today and his affection for me than than yesterday but this morning uh i want to talk about hope i want to talk about abounding in hope i want to talk about hope uh that is is something that doesn't disappoint that we can actually grab a hold of something we are meant to feel and walk from Amen? And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm as much, this has been a theme in my life. I think it's a theme in all of our lives because it's connected with faith. Uh, but it's been particularly a theme over the last um, month or so as, as we once again get to, to lean into the goodness of God. See, I'm convinced that I'm on the planet to discover his goodness. And I'm convinced you are too. And, and, and hope is such an essential uh, aspect to our faith walk. It's an absolute must. And so this morning, I want, uh, I'm preaching as much to me as I am to you. I'm speaking, I really am. I, I gave a message last week very similar to this one, and I had something else at the beginning of the week I was thinking we'd go into, and, and I felt just even for myself, I felt the yes and amen to run at this thing again uh, this week with you guys. So I'm excited. I have anticipation for what God has for this morning. Because every one of us in this room has been created in the image and likeness of God. No, no two of us are the same. There's never been one like you before that never will be again. You're a one-of-a-kind expression of the kingdom of God on earth. You're a one-of-a-kind expression of the Father on this planet. You have unique fingerprints, unique DNA. Uh, there's, you're, you're a one-of-a-kind. You were made in His image and, and that tells you how big God is, that he, there's 7 billion people on the planet, and every one of them is an aspect of his nature. No two are the same, never have been. It also tells you how amazing you are created in his image and likeness. And every one of us was created with a destiny and a purpose. Much of us have the idea uh, that the, the destiny... i got a shaker up here. I'm going to move the shaker because otherwise that's a comedic opportunity later on. For all of you. It won't be funny to me, but it'd be funny to you. <laughs> Everyone in this room has a destiny. And we understand that. We were when we were born as a child, you know there's this wonder on you as a child. I've I've got three kids. None of them are amazed by light switches anymore. But at one point, all of them were amazed by the light switch. Every one of them, we, we could spend half an hour just standing at the light switch, which we did because sometimes dad needed a break. And that's what we would do. We'd just on and off, on and off. Woohoo! It's magic, right? Because the wonder they're born for it, they're born to, to be able to just be in awe of things. And so the light switch, I remember Maddie went to a wedding when she was two, and, and I remember there was a bubble machine, and I stood with her at that bubble machine for an hour and a half. I'm not lying, for an hour and a half, bubbles, 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 for an hour and a half, bubbles. Because we were created 
We were created to, to dream into the future. We were created to dream with God. And when we came into a relationship with Him, we were designed and created to, to, to live as an expression of His kingdom on earth. We were designed to live in a relationship with Him and a one-of-a-kind expression of who He is on earth. It's part of the reason that I'm passionate about people coming into their identity in Christ is because you have access to a revelation of God that I'll never get any other way unless you walk in confidence in who you are right? And if you'll walk in the confidence of how He's designed and created you, and you walk in the confidence of His goodness, then I get access to His nature through your revelation. See, every one of us was created to walk in a greater revelation of who He is so we could become a greater revelation of who He is as we walk the planet. Amen? And we're designed for it. We're created for the wonder of God. We're created for hope. And when you're born into the kingdom, when you, as a child, it's easy. Everyone's dreaming. Everybody's a superhero as a kid. They're all dreaming about what they're going to fly or whatever we're going to do, you know. I used to tell my kids the stories at night, uh, bedtime stories. And uh, uh, one of the, my favorites was the time that I went into this cave to get this golden statue. It was in the Amazon jungle. My brother and I went into this cave. It was a, just one of those normal trips that you take. And we went into the cave, and then there were arrows. There were booby traps that shot through the walls. And, and there was also a, a, a thing you had to swim. You had a whip. I had a whip. And you had to swing across, right, the spot here. And then on the other side, there were, you had to step on the right places. And then I had this thing of sand, and I moved. You remember? You know, I, this is one of my stories I would tell the kids. I would tell the kids this story because I, I needed. I was running out of creative ways to tell them and, then, and they would be in awe of this. I remember when they watched a movie later about my life. They were like, Dad, this is like your story. I was like, yeah, I forgot to tell you. They made, us, they made a movie about it, a bunch of them. <laughs> Kids are made for awe. They're made to believe, right? You were born for it. You were born to dream with God. That's how you were designed. Every one of us has a promise. The promise, one of the promises on my life, I was given, given it years ago, was that I would get to be a part of the awakening that God is re- re- releasing on the planet. It's happening right now, the awakening to His love. The awakening, the, some call it revival. That's a good word too, but it's an awakening of sons and daughters coming alive. That I would somehow get to be a part of that, that I would be a catalyst to an encounter with who He is. And that's the calling on your lives as well. And I would get that promise in all kinds of little forms. You all get the, the promises from God. You get that prayer later on in life as you're walking with Him. You get this person that prays for you, and they have a, a word of God over you, and they speak this word of God over you. You're a giant in Christ. You're going to change the world this way. You were called to mother. You were called to father. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You were called to be a, a parent. You were called to, to, or, to raise up sons and, and transform orphans into sons and daughters. You know the callings on your, on your life, right? You were called to navigate finances and expand the kingdom that way. As you, as you grow in a revelation of who God is and as you, as you come into the kingdom, you're, you're brought into the kingdom and there's these huge promises given to you and God gives you these promises. Sometimes they're prophetic words. Are you all right? You know what I'm talking about? You read in the Bible, David has a promise. David's given this promise. He's going to be king and it, and it felt right when he got it. These are the, and, and you read that story and you go, yes, I have got promises. Every one of us is created and, and designed to walk out our royal blood, to walk in a confidence sons and daughters. We all have promises, right? And along the way, what happens to those promises? Along the way, life happens. Our kids grow up and bubbles are not that exciting anymore. 
and disappointments tend to hit us, and we find ourselves overwhelmed, and we find ourselves uh, facing uh, confusion and frustration. And so the promises are so big, guys. The promises are huge. We've been given them by God, and then we have this thing called life, and as life happens, we find ourselves uh, disappointed or confused. You know what I'm talking about? So we're going to the beach in about a, a week, next weekend. We used to call this vacation. Now we just call it a trip. And it'll be fun. We'll have a good time. It's the beach. I'm a mountains person. I don't like the heat, really. I'm a beach person if it's, amen, brother. I got it back there. I saw your hand. <laughs> you know, I like cold weather. So if, if I'm at a beach and it's 55, 60 degrees, that's a good day for me. But my beach experiences have been this. So we go, we take the kids and we take uh, everybody and we, um, we go and we get in two condos with like how many people? Like 20 people? Feels like 12. Well, it feels like 20. <laughs> okay? And when you have 12 people in two small spaces, it feels like 20. That's what, it is 20. Let's just go with 20, okay? <clears throat> it's in my mind. <laughs> so this is what our beach, and we go to the beach. Now, Years ago, and, we, and, and I, it's getting better when the kids, as the kids get older, but when they're little, you know, that's, all the beaches, they're, they're having an adventure. It's going to go swimming, and then we're going to go play, and then we're going to go swimming, and then we're going to eat, and we're going to go swimming, and then we're going to play, and we're going to go swimming, and then we're going to eat, and then we're going to go swimming, and then we're going to play, and then we're going to go swimming, and then we're going to eat, and then we're going to go swimming. That's the beach. You guys with me, all right? I could have gone a little longer, really. And so, and that's the beach. And now, okay, I'm an adult. Swimming is okay. Like once... A week. This, that's actually too much. Like once a month, that's great. We can go swimming. And so, and it's, but it's hot. So we, and so, so we go, but Eva, now Eva's never seen the ocean on this particular trip. She's two years old and the other two have seen it. And so Eva knows water. Eva, Eva's just a beautiful little girl. And so they're telling her about swimming and how it's this magnificent. It's like, if you like swimming, this is the epicenter of swimming because this is water, it's endless, and you can swim forever. And so they're telling her about this. It's bigger than, the, the, than, than, our, than our pool. It's bigger than Lake Norman. And so she's got, and so the whole way, we're going to the ocean, and she's ocean. I'm going to see ocean. And so we're excited, and we're regaling her with tales of the ocean on the way to the condo. And, and we get there, and... and, and <laughs> And she's excited. It's going to be so much fun. And so we go up the fourth, we're up to about the seventh story of this condo. And we go up, and we, up the building and, and we get out. And, and, and I'm in a particular season. Karen and I are in a particular season in life where, where the dreams of God, the hope of God has been deferred. It's, we're, we're re- I'm really disappointed. And on that particular day, uh, I really couldn't afford the beach I, I could hardly afford the gas to get there. So you, ampl- you add everything up, and I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't doing well. I had these promises from God. They're really big. They're just huge promises, world-changing promises, like everyone in this room. World-changing promises. We're all meant to, to change the world just by being loved and then living perfectly as he designed us. And I got these promises, but man, it's slow. And, and I got some of these, you know, I got these powerful promises. And, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm past the time when Jesus passed and then rose, you know. And I'm thinking, he did all that stuff. He's already ascended. And I'm, I'm still going to the beach with no money. 
So I'm wrestling through stuff. We get to the beach, though, and we're good. And, they get, and we get up the seventh, and, we, and the kids go running in the room, and they go running out the back, and, they, and there's a railing, and there's a, your balcony, and you run out, and there's the ocean, and it's awesome. It's so big, and squealing, and happy noises, and it's so good. And they come, and then and we move all the things away. I don't like those. They move all the, don't stand on any chairs <clears throat> next to the, Solosin, it's a big ocean, and then we, and then the, everybody's there, all twenty of them, and they're all there, <laughs> and we're all in these tiny little rooms, and we're talking, and the adults are talking, but the kids want to go to the swimming. We gotta go swimming, Dad. Gotta go swimming. Yes, okay, all right, guys, go get your go get your bathing suits on. That'll take care of this, you know. So they boom, run the bathing suits, and we're talking. Well, we we gotta get food, and we gotta all the adult stuff. We gotta get food. How much food? And we gotta, and then what time's bed? Or who's sleeping in the witch bed? And they come back. We're ready to go swimming. And they're always oh, just oh, go look, and then they run to the ocean. Go look at the ocean, and they're all excited. And they come back. We'll get get your sand buckets. Go get the pails and the and the, and the, the shovels. Go get that stuff. And so they run to get that stuff, and then we're talking some more serious stuff. And then they come. We go swimming. I'm like, yeah, yeah, swimming. Go get the the, the, the sun stuff. You know, we gotta lather. And I hate that part. You know, you gotta lather them all up and every nook and cranny and then it's just like you know you gotta pull the diaper down a little bit just in case you know what i'm saying especially with the we burn real easy and then they run back and they're running out to the balcony they're all excited and they're running back so exciting this promise of the ocean is is magnificent this is the best epic swimming and, and then they come back and they say, go get the boogie boards. Get the boogie boards. Now they're starting to get some frustration is happening in the, the room there. Dad, when are we leaving? And they're yelling at Ma, everybody. And the, yeah, yeah, we're going to go swimming because I'm really excited about this opportunity to take them to the beach, the first one. And so finally they're running around and they're getting frustrated. And we've, got, and we've, we've pushed as long as we can. Fine, we have to take them swimming. You have to. You know what I'm talking about as parents. This is, this is like it, you have to. You have to. So, here we go. We get, all right, let's go, let's go. So that's how dad talks. Let's go, woohoo, let's go. I'm really excited too. Come on, let's go. Here we go. And, and then all the parents, everybody's on the, and they're walking out of the room and you're counting heads. One, two, three, four. And we had five at the time, counting cousins. And, but we got four and I lost count and grandparents are on their way. And, and, I'm, and, I'm, and finally I realized, oh, we've missed one. We've lost Eva. And they're all heading to the beach. And, uh, you know what it is. You got your boogie boards and your you got life vests. They all have to have life vests, otherwise they die. <laughs> how much fun we have! So, so you got to have all this stuff, and you know, and they're all. I'll be right with you. Here, take all this stuff. I got to go get the kid. And so then I go back in. I walk back in the room, and I'm as I'm walking through the room, I come into the master uh, suite, and there's there's Eva. Never been swimming in the ocean. Been talking about it for days been looking at it for the last 40 minutes, half an hour. And uh, she's, she's taking her bathing suit off, taking her swim diaper off, and she's nudie, and she's got one foot in the tub when I come around the corner. And I say, Eva, what are you doing? I'm going to the ocean. What's you doing? And she looks up, and she says, mm, take a bath, Daddy. <laughs> and as soon as she says that to me, God says this. He says, Jason, your promise is as big as the ocean don't settle for bathtubs, right? And I was in a pretty disappointing place. I heard that. And here's what he was saying. He was saying, I've created you for ocean-sized promises. That is what's in your DNA. That's what you're contending for. And I want you to live powerfully hopeful for that. 
And if you don't, you'll settle for this. This is water, this is a tub. This is water, and that's water. They're not equal. And if you get impatient, if you get disappointed, son, if you walk with me and you lose track of, what, of who I am, you'll find yourself settling for the familiar instead of pressing in for what I've given to you and what I've promised you for, right? See, every one of us have ocean-sized promises from God. Every one of us was created and designed to live in a greater revelation of His goodness so that we could walk as a greater revelation of His goodness. In the authority uh, of, our, of, our, of our giftings and, and, and the, in, in, the, in the grace that He's released to us as a one-of-a-kind expression of His kingdom come on earth, right? But all along the way, we've all experienced the heartbreak, the waiting, the, the guy that keeps saying, yeah, I want to go swimming. I'm coming soon. Just go get a bathing suit. You know what I'm talking about. The, the waiting, the waiting, the disappointment, the, the heartbreak, the tragedy that we've all experienced in our lives as we grow from the wonder of bubbles into the reality that they're just things that come out of this machine. And we lose the wonder. We lose the ability to hope. But he wants us to hope. My whole life, this has been the journey. Son, I love you. Run after me. I've got big things for you. I want to give you these huge promises. And now I want to invite you into a greater revelation of me. And my whole life has been this pursuit of my destiny. But I'd like to propose to you that our understanding of destiny uh, is ve- uh, right now is not... The, the typical understanding of destiny in America is different than the understanding that, of destiny that you would actually get uh, as you're, as you're, uh, if you're walking confidently as a son. See, destiny isn't about a future. Destiny is right now. The reality is, is biblically, there, you can't find the word destiny in the Bible, but you can certainly find an awful lot that talks about destiny in the Bible. But the, the way that you would find it, the way you would understand it is this. You are actually in your destiny right now. At this exact moment, you are living your destiny. It's not something down the road. It's actually right now. So there's a tension in what I'm saying because I just said God has got this promise for you. He wants you to contend for it. He's painting a picture for you down there. But at the same time, he's actually got this promise and he wants you to live it right now. So there's this tension in what I'm saying. And here's how we're going to navigate the tension, if you will. Proverbs 13, 2, hope deferred makes the heart sick. You know it? I could most associate with that scripture, to be honest with you, particularly in the last several years. Uh, The the last several years have been uh, hope deferred years in some respect, but here's how I would read it. I would read it this way. Hope deferred, it's Romans, uh, or excuse me, uh, uh, Proverbs uh, uh, 13, I'm looking for you, 13 verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but longing fulfilled is the tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. I would read that verse after having heartbreak, after having disappointment, and I would go, yes, I associate with hope deferred, makes the heart sick. That's me, hope deferred, makes the heart sick. I'm heart sick, hope deferred, makes the heart sick. And I would somehow associate as though that were my life. Isn't that a sad life scripture? Hey, Jason, what's your life scripture? Oh, hope deferred, makes the heart sick. 
Oh, the, okay. Nice talking to you. <laughs> Listen, I would never tell anybody that was my life scripture, but I've got to be honest with you. A lot of my life has felt like that's my life scripture. It's just felt like it. But I want to propose that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Here's the but. I love this. But a longing fulfilled is the tree of life. I would like to propose that this scripture that often I've made my life first or often I've said I, I want to I associate, I understand that heart sick thing, that hope deferred thing. I've made that my reality. But the actual reality is, is I've been invited to live and longing fulfilled is the tree of life. This is actually a scripture that says hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's one way you can live, or you can live, but longing fulfilled is the tree of life. Okay, Jason, how do I live longing fulfilled is the tree of life? All right, it's the goodness of God. Here, are you ready? A couple years ago, and this may be wrong, it may be a year ago because I'm really bad with time. But I was out for a run, which is one of the two ways that God typically talks to me. The other is at Starbucks. I wish you'd just do Starbucks, and I wouldn't have to run, but I like running. That's good for me. But I was out for a run, and we were in another disappointing season. Not even a disappointing season, just life, to be quite frank. It'd come back around, and things that he'd promised, they were so big, these promises of God that, that, that I'd lived for, these promises of God that, that I'd, I'd, uh, I'd believed for. Uh, were just taken forever. They're just, just, come on. Again? We're here again? We don't have any money again? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I, I didn't get in the bathtub. But I'm not in the ocean. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Let's be real, right? Um, I... I'm dirty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I haven't taken a bath, but I'm on the ocean. <laughs> Where are we? It's, it's, and I was, I was feeling this, just this hope deferred makes the heart sick, brother. That's my life verse. That's what I was feeling. And I'm out for a run, and God says, Jason, Jason, hey, buddy. And I'm running with them. I'm good. We're good. I, I'm mature. I, I love them. I know. I know the journey, but I can't. I feel, and I'm out for a run. He says, Jason, today I want you to feel hope. And I, I had just heard a message again from a hero of mine, Bill Johnson. He re, re, um, described hope this way. Hope is the anticipation of, of goodness, of something good. That's what hope is. And he described it this way. As kids, children, because they're the best example of hope, running down on Christmas morning, running down the hallway on Christmas morning for the presents look at Christmas morning. That's hope. You want a picture of hope? That. I'm out for a run. I'm disappointed. And God says, Jason, I want you to feel hope like a, like a child on Christmas morning. And I said, by faith, God, by faith, I choose to hope. And he said, no. I love your heart. But that's not what I asked you. And here's what, it got strong. He said, Jason, I require that you feel hope. And I went, by faith, God, I hope. 
I, I, I choose hope. I love your heart, son, but that's not what I asked you. The next day, hey, Jason, I would like you to feel hope today. By faith, God, I choose hope. That's not what I asked you. I require you to feel hope. I started to get frustrated. God, I, I don't know how to f- feel hope. I don't. The next day, the next day, about two weeks this happens. Two weeks this happens, I'm getting pretty frustrated. I'm getting, I'm like, I know, I believe. I'll come running down the hallway. I'll say, whippy, I will. I, by faith, I'll do it. No, Jason, I want you to feel it. It is my heart that you have the feeling, that you get access to the feeling that is hope. And listen, I believe in faith. I believe in having done all to stand, stand. I believe in it. I know what that is. But I want to read you something. The kingdom, Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but two-thirds of the kingdom can be felt. Right? Even, you could even argue that righteousness is a feeling, but you can't, you can't walk away from peace not being a feeling. Jesus is in a boat going across the Sea of Galilee, and he's, there's a storm. He says, we're going to the other side. He tells the disciples, we're going to the other side, and he's sleeping, and there's a storm. And the disciples, they wake him up because what is going on? There's a storm. We're all going to die. And he gets up, and what does he say to the storm? He says, peace, be still. What is that? Peace is powerful. I don't want to take away from peace. It's powerful. It's something more than a feeling. But come on, let's not kid ourselves. He was sleeping. So what he released to the storm came from an expression that he walked in. He was sleeping in a storm. What is that? That's access to peace. And when you have access to that peace, you actually have access, you have authority to speak over the storm you can sleep in. Does that make sense? So peace is powerful. I don't want to walk away from, right? The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So it's righteousness. It's right standing with God. It's peace. Peace that calms the storm. Peace that also empowers you to sleep in a storm. And it's joy. And joy isn't just a happy-go-lucky thing. Joy is powerful. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. It empowered him to walk through the hardest thing any person in the planet has ever walked through. It empowers him. Joy is powerful, but come on. We know that joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is an expression. It's a feeling. We're supposed to feel it as well, right? So when God says to me, Jason, I want you to feel hope, I'm not clueless. I know that it's, it's legal for me to feel. I'm supposed to feel it. I'm supposed to have access to the feeling of hope, not just by faith, having done this all to stand, I stand. He wants me to feel it, but I'm frustrated because how do you feel hope? The promises have been waylaid. They've been removed. I can't get access to them. Here we are going around this thing once again. Jason, I want you to feel hope. About two weeks in, I'm frustrated. I'm out for a run, and I'm I'm frustrated. Now, I'll just give you a warning so that you're you're okay here. God told me a long time ago he likes my sense of humor which was probably a mistake. He probably shouldn't have said that to me. I mean, he's God and all, so I think he's okay. But but he likes my sense of humor. I'm telling you that because what happened next was this back and forth where I know I was making him laugh, but I was really frustrated at the same time because this is what I said. 
I said, God, because he's like, I want you to feel hope, Jason. Like those kids on Christmas morning, I want you to feel it. God. I stopped in the corner every time. And I was frustrated. But I was being funny because he likes my sense of humor. Every, every time I come running down the hall, it sucks. It's, it sucks every time. It sucks. And I rip over the box. And then I, I'm mature, God. I'm mature. So then I go, yay, socks. Woohoo! Right? Yay, you know the right response to socks. Yay. <laughs> I have feet. <laughs> so, so yay. It's a good thing. I like socks. I do like socks. I can't wait for summer so I can wear all my socks. It's... It sucks, God. It sucks. Running out of the hall. Anticipating something good. Like a MacBook Pro. <laughs> and it sucks. Again. It sucks. And he's, he's laughing. I'm pretty frustrated. I'll be honest with you. I'm joking. I'm telling a story. It's funny. But I pretty frustrated because for two weeks he said I require I require that you you feel this I require it of you and he says to me what I know and what I'm learning what we're all learning over and over and over and over again he says Jason you know how you feel hope and he's smiling while he says it because he likes me he likes my humor that's good I appreciate that that's a funny joke he said there and he says Jason you know how you feel hope you don't come down for what's in the box. You come down for my presence. You come down and you jump in my lap and you become sure of my goodness again. You don't come running down a hallway with the anticipation of what I've given you. You come running down the hallway for the gift giver. And if you do that, son, you'll never be disappointed. You'll have access not just to... Fo- uh, hope by faith, but you'll have access to the feeling of hope, which is powerful. Amen? Amen? I want you to come down the hallway to be with me. Guys, the reason I am passionate about about discovering His goodness is because everything is accessed there. You see, hope is incredibly important because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Faith, Hebrews 11. Ah, I got it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you don't have access to hope, which is not, which is not faith, it isn't something you drum up. Hope is a feeling. Hope is meant to be grabbed. It's meant to be lived here. You know, you know for a fact that the person that comes into the room with the most hope is the person that has the most authority. You've seen it. We are meant to be the people of hope. When I find myself in situations that are bigger than me, I know one responsibility I have is that I am the person with hope. And as long as I am the person with hope, I have authority to speak into the problem, to release life. See, faith isn't possible without hope. Faith is the substance, the evidence that you're walking 
Faith is the substance, the evidence of what you're hoping for. So there is a tension. He's given us a promise. He said it's bigger than the ocean. This is your promise. It's really big. But I want you to walk. You get access to it by living in the tension of contending for a promise, not settling for something else, continuing on, contending for a promise. But you know how you get there? You walk or you come running into my lap. It's all about discovering my goodness. I tricked you all. You thought I was talking about something else, but it still comes back to his goodness. (laughs) The only message I got. It's why I'm passionate that we know he's good. It's why I'm passionate that that is the pursuit of my life, that he's trustworthy, that he's good, and that at the end of the day, the promise he has is beautiful, but the ultimate promise is that I get to be with him. The ultimate reality is I get to do it in his lap. I get to run down the hallway and be with him, be in his presence, spend time with him. He is the presence. He is what it's all about. And when I come running down the hallway for him, I get access to what I'm called to. Amen? Amen. He wants you to have access to hope this morning again. He doesn't want you to be thinking in terms of by faith. He wants you to have access to hope again. He wants you to dream again this morning. Uh, The band can come up. I did one-third of what is on my heart this morning. Let me read this scripture here. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope.